Today we are continuing in the series, Our Heart and the Stuff. This is part four. And I'm just going to give a brief recap of what we covered the last time. The last time we were in 1 Timothy 3 and 1 Timothy 4. We, it said in 1 Timothy 3, The written word is to let the people of God know how to behave in the house of God. Amen. The written word is to let who? The people of God. Not the world. Mm-hmm. The people of God yeah. know how to behave in the house of God. And it also said the church is the pillar and ground of truth. The church is the pillar and the ground of truth. Not the world's philosophy. The church. We are supposed to be the pillar and the ground of truth. Not any, not any truth. Not my truth. Not your truth. Not somebody else's truth. The truth that is in Christ. The church is the pillar and the ground of truth. So this word, the word of God tells us who we are and what we ought to be about. Not in word only, but by example. Our heart and mind must be in line with the word of God. Not by knowledge only, but by experience through practical application. You heard what I just said? Not by word only, because we have a lot of word in our head, and some of us have a lot of word in our heart. But they don't put the word to exercise the word. They don't put it to use. So the word, not by knowledge only, but by experience through practical application. That means you have to put the word to work in your life. We are not to despise the challenges we encounter. Some people have a lot more trials than others. But we all have trials. The question is, what do you do when you go through the trial? Do you quit and give up or do you hold on to God? Do you press in? Because it says, understand that there is something the Lord is doing in our lives. We don't know why we got to go through what we go through. Going through it is hard. I don't care what anybody says. Going through trials is hard. It's hard. It's taxing emotionally, physically. It tries your faith. And at times, we ask the Lord, Lord, what are you doing? Why? But in word, all the Word of God, the Word of God says, but we have to endure. And when we endure, we see the fruit of what God is doing in our lives. Because Jesus said, I am the vine. You are the branches. And my Father is the vine dresser. If you know what a vine dresser does, a vine dresser goes and prunes the branches. And pruning is not fun. He prunes the, the branches so that the branches can bear more fruit. So Lord, how, man, how much more fruit do you need me to bear with all the stuff I'm going through? Just make sure the stuff that you're going through is not stuff of your making. Because there's stuff we go through because of our making. Because of sin in our lives. But sometimes there are things we're going through. We, we don't have, we didn't do anything. It's just the Lord allows things just to change. Because there are things in us that He needs to take out and things He needs to put in. Amen. Amen. And in 1 Timothy 4, we talked about, you know, we can't remain ignorant and refuse to learn when we go through things. You can't remain ignorant 
and refuse to learn. It's amazing how many people remain ignorant as they go through things. And forget to learn from the, the, the lesson that they have to they go through. They go and do the same thing over and over again. That makes no sense. Because what they say, you're, don't, you're not learning. So we have to be, we can't be ignorant and refuse to learn. Because we risk being deceived and also contribute to the deception of others. Remember that the church is supposed to be the pillar and ground of truth. We are supposed to be the example of the truth. The truth of what's in, in, what God is. The truth that's in, in Christ. We are supposed to be the examples. We are walking epistles. Or living epistles. So we must study, meditate, endure in the trial. And never see yourself as the victim, but as the student. Never see yourself as the victim. See yourself as the student. Because when you're going through the trial, what is going on? You are being schooled. Trained. So don't see yourself as the victim. See yourself as the student. You understand? It's how you look at it. So the Word of God said in Hebrews 3, you don't have to turn there, that we, He will never leave us nor forsake us. Do we really believe that? You better believe it. Because when you're going through stuff and you, sometimes you're at the end of the rope. And I have been at the end of my rope many times when I'm like, Lord, I mean, is this worth it? Then I gotta remember, He'll never leave me nor forsake me. The Word of God tells us who we are in relationship to Him. And He in relationship to us. He said He'll never leave us nor forsake us. So what does that mean? He's never gonna leave us nor forsake us. He's with us at all times. So we gotta know that. We can't be, be half-hearted about that. We gotta know that. Because we gotta know that our God doesn't lie. If you have the right relationship with the Lord, you will know by experience that He never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. You hear that? By experience. It's one thing to know it in your head, but to know it in reality, that's a different story. So if we do not endure chastening, we are not sons. We are not mature. So we must not let the stuff and the chaos distract us so that we are unable to be what and who we need to be in the trial. When you're going through the trial, don't let what's going on in the trial distract you from who you need to be in the trial. Because we are on display. You're a child of God. Whether people know you're a child of God or not, when you're going through the trial, you are on display. You're not only on display to your family members. You're on display to the principalities and powers. You're on display to God. How you go through the trial, it shows, it manifests how strong your relationship is with your Father. Amen. Amen. So we cannot allow the stuff to distract us. That is why we have to not only read the word, study the word, but that's why we come together. Because we are not always on top of our game every day. We need to be edified. We need to be encouraged in the Lord. We need to be encouraged. We need to be spurred on to keep holding on, to keep walking that walk of faith, to keep standing in faith. We need each other. 
I don't care what people say. I know I need you. And I know you need me. Because we are part of a body. And every part of the body is dependent on the other part. Do you understand what I'm saying? Amen. Amen. So the trial is the opportunity for us to see for ourselves what God already knows about us. You guys want to hear what I just said? The trial is the opportunity for us to see what God already knows about us. What He has made available to us. The trial is for us to come to a realization of what God has already placed and made available to us. Amen. (laughs) When it says we are victors in Christ. The word of God says we are victors in and through Christ. When you are in the trial, going through the trial, where that's you see the word the word already says we are victors, but we don't know it until we come through. Amen. You understand? The word says we are victors in Christ, but if you hold on and trust Him, if you have that relationship and you're going through this trial which brings what? Experience. You come through it knowing something God already knows about you because He has already equipped you to overcome. So when the word of, when you come through that trial and you hear and you say to someone that we are victors in Christ, you're not saying that from head knowledge. You've been through that thing and you know that God, that you are a victor through Christ. You already know it. Amen. So that's why we have to go through stuff. We have to make known the wisdom of God. And this is just recap. But let's just say, let's just just be real. This is not easy. Going through stuff is not easy. I don't care what anybody says. It is not easy. It is not easy. That's why the Bible says, narrow is the way that leads to life. And few find it. Few. It says, and few find it. This is an exclusive walk. This is not for the faint of heart. This is not for the cowardly. This is not for people who want to stand on on their own intelligence and strength. You're not going to make it. But we understand. And and I'm learning every day. God keeps His word. We can't be stiff-necked. We can't be stubborn. Not trusting and believing the stuff. Believing everything else except what God's word says. And sometimes when we're so caught up in the stuff, we say things out of anger, out of ignorance, out of frustration. And when we do that, the Bible says what? We can become snared by the words of our mouth. Because we are speaking in ignorance and and, and, and unbelief. Because we don't understand who we are in Christ. And that not only affects you, it affects everyone associated with you. So when I say you're on display, you're on display to your family, to your kids. You're telling your kids about Jesus, but you're acting contrary. You're on display. How are they going to believe in a Jesus when you're just saying one thing and you're acting a different way? You are on display. We are all on display. Even your house, you're on display. If you're in a closet, you're on display. Because why? The, the angels are there. Yeah. You, you, you're being seen. You're seen. You can't. There's no place to hide. What did David say? 
If I'm in hell, you're there. If you if I go if you take into heavens, you're there. No matter where you I go, you're there. So you're on display. Wherever you are, you're on display. There's nowhere to hide. So the Bible clearly states that we can be snared by the words of our mouth. I mean, when I got the understanding, I realize, I mean, it's not easy. Sometimes I say things I shouldn't say. And sometimes I say things I don't mean to say, but that's just how it comes out. But we are truly snared by the words of our mouth. So we have to guard our hearts and be aware of the stuff. And what is the stuff? The stuff is anything that will distract you or derail you from what God has called you to do, your purpose. The stuff. The stuff can be anything. Anything that's going to take you off of, of your walk with Christ. Alright, so today we'll continue and pick up in Acts chapter 14. Let's turn to Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter 14, and we're going to start at verse 19 and 22. At least part of 19 we start. And I want you to see something here about the heart and the stuff. We're going to look at Paul and some of the other people who were Paul and and the, the heart of these people. So Paul and Barnabas, they were in Antioch and then they went to Iconium and now they're in Lystra. So they were kicked out of Antioch and then from they left Antioch and went to Iconium and now they were persecuted in Iconium and they left and went to Lystra. So now they're in Lystra. And in verse 19, let's start reading. And it says, Then from Antioch and Iconium came there and having persuaded the multitudes, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city supposing him to be dead. Verse 20, however, when the disciples gathered gathered around him, he rose up and went into the city. And the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derbe. Verse 21, and when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconium and Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying, we must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. <clears throat> That's all I'm going to read. So if you go back, if on your own time, go back and uh, you can start at the beginning of chapter 14. You see Paul and Barnabas, well, they were in Antioch. They were in Antioch preaching the gospel. Converted, converted people. But then you had the Jews who were opposing them stirred up the people. So they got kicked out of, of uh, Antioch. Then they went to Iconium. <clears throat> Same thing. Now they came to Lystra. So what was going on? You have these, whoever was signed, they were following Paul, the disciples, wherever they went. And they were stirring up people, causing problems for them. Many people received what they had to say with the gospel. Some of the people got stirred up. They stirred up the mob. They stirred up, they stirred up the, the multitude to come against Paul and Barnabas and, and the disciples. Trying to, to, to quell and, and to uh, uh, cause obstruction, problems for them. So, in those cities, as they were making converts, if you watch what, what happened here. So when they were in Lystra, thinking that they, they stoned Paul, thinking that he was dead... Took it, dragged him out to the out to the outskirts of the city, and left him. 
And then it says the disciples the, gathered around him and Paul came to himself. So I believe Paul was unconscious. Yeah. And then he, re- he revived. And what did Paul do? Paul went back into the city. And on the next day, he, he left and went to Derby. And they preached the gospel in Derby and made disciples. Now what happened later? They went, they came back to Lystra again. And they went back to Iconium. And they went back to Antioch. The same places where they were persecuted. The same places where they, where they had the mob wanted to, 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 to kill them. The same place where he was stoned and dragged out of the city. Paul went back. He went back. What did they go back to do? In verse 22. Strengthening the souls of the disciples. Exhorting them to continue in the faith. You see why he went back? He went back to encourage the converts. He went back to encourage the converts. So you see Paul's, Paul and Barnabas. You see their heart. What is their heart? Their heart is about the people of God. They're not worrying about their safety. Their concern is about the people of God. I, I, I read that and I'm like, they went back to the places where they were coming under persecution. So they did not consider their lives, but trusted the Lord with their very lives. We should meditate on that. And if you, and if you, you know what, let me just continue and I'll show you something else. They went right back to where they were persecuted. They did not allow fear of man or harm to themselves to deter them from the call on their lives. Do we have that kind of guts? Do we have that kind of tenacity today? You go to somebody's house, they might have, they look at you funny. Guess what? People don't go back. Some people might, oh I was offended. Now the host doesn't even know they offended you. People leave, they never come back. They never come back. People are so easily offended. Look at Paul, look at them. Stoned, persecuted, and they went back. Why? Because they weren't thinking of themselves. They were thinking of the people. Do we have that kind of tenacity or guts? No, I don't see that. People are very easily offended. People only, yeah, we love church, we love the church, we love God, we love Jesus, but you don't like the people of God. Let's be honest, you do not like the people of God. Why? Because they rub you the whole. This one look at me funny. This one rubbed me the wrong way. I don't want to be around those people. You don't really love the Lord. You only play in lip service. And don't tell me Paul and Barnabas, all these people in the churches were singing Kumbaya. They had their issues. But Paul and Barnabas and these disciples never abandoned the people because of issues. Because they know the church is bigger than them. They know the call on their lives. So they are loyal to the call. You understand? And when you understand that your loyalty to the call means that you are loyal to Christ. You understand that whatever goes on with people, you put up with that. Because it's not about you, it's not about them, it's about your call, the call on your lives by Christ. You've got to do His will. It's not about what we want, it's what He requires of us. Let me show you something. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 
Second Corinthians chapter 11 verse 23. We're going to start somewhere in the middle of the, of the verse. Second Corinthians 11. I'm going to start reading verse 23. Now Paul is talking about compared, talking about his ministry and comparing to others. He said verse 23. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant. He said. Compared to how people, the, the amount of work put into to ministry, he said, I have done more. In stripes above measure. In prisons more frequently. In deaths often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Five times I received 39 stripes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. Besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, and listen to this, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. He said, I've, all this stuff I've gone through. I've been stoned once. I've been beaten. I've been imprisoned. I've been, I've been, there, I've been my life was at risk. All these, these different occasions and times. And what did he say? Besides the other things, what comes upon me daily? What drives Paul daily? My deep concern for all the churches. Paul's heart is about what? The people. His heart is about doing the will of Christ. Because what did Jesus tell him? Jesus said, Paul, you've got to suffer many things for me. And I am good. I'm sending you to the Gentiles. So what was Paul faithful? He was loyal to the Lord. Why? Because he was faithful to his call. Paul never deviated from his call. Never ever deviated from his call. So going back to Iconium. Going back to, to, to uh, Lystra. Going back to Antioch, these places where he persecuted, the risks to his life, the perils, the beatings, the persecution, all these things. Why? He did it. Why? Because of his concern for the churches, the concern for the people of God. Stuff is all the things he went through. Did the stuff deter him from his call? No. How many of us would already quit? What was his heart? The people of God. His heart was for the churches to establish because that's why the Lord called him. He said, I'm sending you to the Gentiles to proclaim my word. So, you know, I read this and I'm, I'm meditating on it. I'm like, Lord, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? But watch this. Let's go to 2 Timothy 4. I really will show you something here now. 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 6. Just two verses I want to read. Okay. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 6. Paul is, is, is writing here. He said, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure is at hand. Paul knows he's coming to the end. He knows he's going to die. He said, I am already poured out as a drink offering. He said, verse 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. 
Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the right, which the Lord, the righteous Judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved His appearing. I read that, and I say, Lord, listen to what Paul is saying here. He say, I am already poured out as a drink offering. You know what that means? I got nothing left. My whole life, I've poured my whole life into the call. He said, I've left nothing on the table. I have poured myself out to this call. I have been loyal to, to the call on my life. I didn't hold anything back. And he said here, and the time of my departure is his hand. He said, listen, I have finished my race. He's not dead yet, but he's, 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 caught, he's already knows it's coming. He said, but I didn't leave a hold anything back. I ran my race. I did everything I was required to do. I was loyal to the Lord because I was loyal to the call. I did what I was called to do. I didn't hold back. I did everything I'm supposed to do. He said, I fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. My God. Where are we? Just put yourself in there. So, can we, can we even say that? I can't say that. I say I'm fighting the good fight. I haven't fought it yet. I'm still fighting because I don't, you know, I, the Lord could let me know when it's time for me to go. And then I could say I have fought the good fight. Because Paul knows. He knows his time. He knows he's going to die. He already knows because he's in prison. He's in prison writing this and he says, I know it's coming because the, the Lord probably made it known to him. Paul, this is it. And the Lord will do that. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. That's why he said, I've poured, I'm poured out as a drink offering. I didn't hold anything back. And I, and I read this again. I said, Lord, you know, you read the stuff he went through. We were reading in 2 Corinthians. And then you read this. And you say, my God, what kind of man is this? And when you read that, and I was meditating and it came to my mind. Paul's heart was always about doing the will of Christ. No matter the cost. He was always about doing the will of Christ. No matter the cost. He did not allow the stuff to deter him. He knew that when he sees the Lord face to face. He knew that nothing was held back. He ran his race with all his strength. And singleness of purpose. And Jesus was the same way. That, oh my God, Jesus was the same way. Jesus, he said, Jesus only, Jesus only focused on what the Father required of him. Jesus said, I always do those things that please him. He said, I am here to finish the work of him who sent me. And it's the same thing with Paul. Paul got a call. And Paul said, here, I am poured out as a drink offering. I held nothing back. I ran my race. I finished my course. I did what I was called to do. And Jesus said the same thing. I, he said, look, when Jesus was, um, knew he was going to die. He said, I have, he said Father, Father, he took it up when he was on the cross. And he, when he said it was finished. He did. That's what he was there to do. From the time he was born to the time he said it is finished on the cross. He ran his race. He did what he was called to do. 
He finished. He did his. Why he came? He he completed his purpose. And that's why I always ask: We are all in the body. What is our purpose? We are to edify one another. But what is that gift that you have that you need to be put to use so that you can edify one another? That is something we really, really have to take seriously. It's not about you know coming together and having a nice feeling. And having goosebumps. It's about edifying one another. And that is using your gift. Using that spiritual gift. Whatever it is God gave you. Putting it to use. So that the body. The people of God can be edified. Amen. This Christian walk is not for the faint of heart. As I said before. The good news is that it is not dependent on our strength. It's not dependent on our intelligence. It's not dependent on our education. It's not dependent on our cultural background. It's not dependent on where you were born. It, none of it. It's not dependent on that. All that matters is about how much you trust God. And the finished work of His Son, Jesus Christ. And most of all, your obedience. How much you trust God is contingent on your obedience. Because if you're obedient, that means you trust Him to take a step of faith. To do things His way. Because that's what Paul did. My life is in jeopardy, but I have to be faithful to the Lord. And I'm trusting God to keep me in the midst of everything I'm going through. I am trusting God to keep me. Some people might say, wait a minute, you were shipwrecked? You were beaten? God wasn't with you. Yes, God was with him. God was with him. Because you're going through stuff doesn't mean the Lord is not with you. It doesn't mean he doesn't love you. The question is, you see, you can't get, the, you, you can't get this religious, religious head on. You can't get it twisted. Or don't get it twisted. Because you're going through stuff doesn't mean you're not in God's will. It doesn't mean that He doesn't love you. The question is, your obedience. Remember, as I said, the stuff is anything that will deter or distract us from being loyal to the Lord and serving Him willingly. Paul served Christ willingly. So what was able to distract these people from being loyal to the Lord? Nothing. They didn't allow anything to distract them. Loyalty to the Lord is when we are loyal to the call. Doing what He has called us to do. And doing it willingly. So when I talk about the heart and the stuff, you know, you take, when, you know, you, when you go home, take these scriptures, meditate on it. And put yourself in, 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 those, in those positions. Paul didn't, Lord didn't call us to be Paul. Paul had his own assignment. We got our own assignments. What is that? And once you realize what it is, are you faithful to your assignment? Because when, you meet, when we see Christ again, when we see Him, we have to know that we did, Lord, we did what we are supposed to do.